welcome to episode 209 of the local meta. My name is Fletcher. And I'm John. How's it going, John? Honestly, I've kind of had a weird weekend, and it's kind of going to be weirder going forward, but you know. Okay. I spent uh, $2,000 yesterday getting various parts of my car fixed. Oh. That hurt. <laughs> Is that like more than your car's worth? Uh, Arguable? I, Not anymore. <laughs> I think it's more than what I paid for it. I don't remember. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, That's I, unfortunate. Well, I mean, I've been having like... Every time I go over bump, the passenger side front wheel well would make a loud thunking sound. That's uh, a bad thing. Well, it heavily implies the shock is dead. Is, is like yeah. broken, right? So it's like... It's like, all right, I finally stopped putting it off. I finally went and got that looked at. And like, as they're looking at it, they're like, all right, so the thunking is this. Also, these are all these other things that are also damaged in relation to that. That, are, like, that are very bad, I'm guessing. Yeah. So, yeah. You're just like, all right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, like, I went there expecting to pay around 1200 Instead, it was two grand. So <laughs> I ended up like... I ended up having, I walked like 20 minutes to the bank of my bank that's up there and had to walk 20 minutes back when it was like, you know, mid 80s and hot as balls. Yeah. But, you know, it's taken care of, which is important. (laughs) That that is important. Randomly had to get five of my 10 or 10 of my 20 lug nuts replaced. (laughs) What? So... Lug nuts are not a solid hunk of metal. Okay. They are a solid hunk of metal, then coated in a shiny chrome-like thing. Yeah. That chrome can crack. Uh-huh. Liquid can get inside, and then that liquid can either cause rusting or it can cause freezing, which will then cause the lug nut to swell. Okay. This is a bad thing because it means they can snap off. <laughs> okay. And 10 of my 20 lug nuts required a larger uh, tire iron than they should have to take off, so I had to get those replaced, because they literally said they wouldn't put their old ones back on. Uh Were you, like, give them to me? (laughs) (laughs) So, I had, those were, like, nine or eight bucks a piece, which was sad, but, you know. Dang. But one of... One of the one of the lug screws apparently was also a little mat damaged, but they just kind of they threw that one in for me. They're just like we'll throw you a bone on this one. Yeah, like we had an extra one in stock, so we just gave you that one for free because we didn't mention it to you earlier. So yeah, if we felt bad, (laughs) yeah. So that's uh, yeah. Okay. And then now tomorrow I get to drive out to Michigan. So hooray! Go me. Yeah. I'm just tired because I was on a train for 16 hours and didn't really sleep. So That sounds miserable. It's not as bad as you think. It's better than being on most modes of transportation for that long. True, because at least on a train you don't have to do anything. Yeah, and you can lay... Like, I laid down and stuff, but it was just like... never. Yeah. You don't really get good sleep. <sighs> but, yeah. So I'm kind of running on fumes right now, but... <sighs> One other complaint about getting my car done yesterday oh, yeah 
My point one was at for eleven. Uh-huh. I was there at ten thirty because uh-huh. I'm me. Yeah. I did not leave there until twenty to six. Oh gosh. Because they look, it, they didn't. Uh, the the checkup to find out what was wrong with it wasn't. It took an hour. Uh-huh. And then they didn't get a chance to start working on it until after two o'clock. Should have hit me up. I'd let you borrow my car. Well, I didn't know how long I was going to be there, so <laughs> just saying. I ended up I ended up not making it to the Friday pre-release in time. Oh no! I didn't I didn't want them to hold up, hold the pre-release for me, and I knew oh, it was yeah. going to be like twenty minutes late. Mm-hmm. So I unfortunately did not get to play yesterday, even though my pool looked like it would have been insane. Womp womp. Yep. So it goes. Yeah, but in any case, we get to talk about the set today. We do. Daylight and a dollar short, but you know, at least we yeah, can well, talk about it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, actually, uh, oh, sorry. I'm actually not opposed when we end up doing these reviews after the fact. Mm-hmm. Because after pre-releases, because usually means that we've interacted with the cards at least a bit, right? Yeah. We have more to say on the matter. Oh, maybe maybe that's something we can look at doing. We would love to hear people's feedback on that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so, Adventures in Forgotten Realms. Is it Adventures in Forgotten Realms or Adventures in the Forgotten Realms? In the Forgotten Realms. Okay. Sorry, I forgot the in there. It's very important. They are the Forgotten Realms, not the Forgotten Realms. Well, I have forgotten about them, so... <laughs> But, yeah, so uh, the first full, air quotes, crossover set, we'll say. Yeah. That is I mean, what this is. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's all, the, it's all the IP owned by the same people, but it's still a crossover. Yeah. I mean, this is one of, this is one of those sets where if you, asked, you know, asked anybody three years ago, they'd be like, nah. Right? Yeah, why, like, why, why would they do that? Why would they do that, you know? Um... It looks the answer like is did, money. <laughs> I mean, money. I like money. I mean, it looks like they did a good job with it. Uh, agreed, actually. I Someone was saying on a podcast I listened to that this set did a really, really good job of making the set look awesome mm-hmm. without making the cards look stupidly overpowered. Yeah. Like, this is a... like. People forget that this is a corset, and it is definitely of corset power level. Oh, is it really a corset? Well, I yeah. suppose they're not doing a corset this year. Yeah, this is taking the place of a corset. Oh, okay. So, like, it's not a true corset in the sense that it's not, you know, M22. Yep. But it is definitely weaker than what one would normally expect out of a set lately which yeah. has been a, like it's been a nice trend since throne of eldrain that as the sets have been coming out they've just been making them weaker as times have been going on yeah which it's, 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 i'm ready for a depowered standard yeah we need it mm-hmm. <laughs> now, I don't, you probably haven't heard because you've been away but there's actually uh, on arena you can play 2022 standard oh yeah i think i saw something about this don't they have a pre-ban uh, they already banned a card, yes. <laughs> I think it's actually, ironically, the first card we're going to talk about. It is, in fact, the first card we're going to talk about. <laughs> but like, so, but the thing is, like that apparently playing in that format is super popular on Arena right now, mm-hmm. but it's only available in 1v1, so the combo huh. is really hard to deal with. Yeah. 
you know? But still, you have the whole thing where it's like, it's people are like super, super into this uh, thing, and people are actually calling for an early rotation. People, people will call for anything. Like, I know. I know. But like, even LSV is like, you know, they probably should just rotate it early because it'll make everyone happier. I mean, whatever. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't think they should do any sort of early rotation because it's just like, then the next time this, ha- like, what do you do? Like, do you just like. I don't know. Whatever they listen to, people cry all the time. Then yeah. Well, like so. Normally, I would agree with you. And to, if I'm being honest, I just don't care about standard because I, I mean, don't fair play enough, it. Yeah. Right. But like, is in heroic all... deck? No, don't care. Yeah. <laughs> in all honesty, if you do an early rotation, it's going to. If you're ever going to do it, now is probably the best time to do it. I guess. Because we're just coming. Well. We're not really coming off of a pandemic, but we're supposedly just coming off of a pandemic. Everything's a big restart. People just don't have things to build standard decks. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone, everything from, you know, uh, Throne of Eldraine has like already done its thing. So mm-hmm. like, but I mean, like it's, it's like what a week from rotation already. Uh, Throne of Eldraine is going to be around for like another six months. Oh, okay. Sorry, I was thinking. Oh, is this? It doesn't rotate out with this. Okay, yeah. No, it doesn't. Okay. Well, whatever then. I don't know. We'll leave that one for the the smarter people then. Yeah. But I don't know. In any case, we're going to talk about this set, which looks super dope and has some new mechanics. Should we yes. cover these really quick? Do so, let's. I'm gonna, I'm going to let you talk about this one. <laughs> the first one, uh, the simplest mechanic. So the big, the big, the big splash mechanic is dungeons. All right. So there are three dungeons in Magic. There is Mines of Fandelver, Dungeon of the Mad Mage, and Tomb of Annihilation. Or forgot Mines of Fandelver. One of the I don't know. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Uh. This is the incremental value mechanic of the set. There are certain cards that they do, they have a trigger that is called venturing into the dungeon. Mm-hmm. And when you venture into the dungeon, one of two things happen. You either go into the first room of the dungeon, which is actually shown on a card. And these, the dungeons are extremely, extremely. People are complaining that there's too many of them because it's like impossible to get tokens because they take the place of they take the place of some of the tokens. <laughs> People like collecting tokens. Is, I mean, I do, I do too, but you know, right? You know, like I have way more dungeons than I'll ever need because you only ever need one of each. <laughs> yeah, right. But that was their whole thing: is they said they were going to make it so the dungeons were going to be super available, which they've done. Mm-hmm. Good on them. Yep. So you either venture into the dungeon and go into the first room, or you advance a room into the dungeon. And each room in the dungeon has one or two arrows you can follow that will then bring you into a different room, and you get the effect of that room. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is extremely minuscule incremental value until you actually complete the room. You know, like, it's like, scry one, get a treasure token, get a goblin token. Like, not a lot is going on. The more, the shorter a dungeon is, the less impactful the effects are. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tomb of Annihilation is 
basically exists for the sole purpose of making everyone in the room miserable. I mean, that's flavor. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, everything it does is symmetrically bad for everyone. Like, everyone yeah. loses two life. Everyone sac- loses two life unless they sack a creature. Everyone loses two life unless they sacrifice a land. Yeah. And, like, the fourth room is just, like, you get a 4-4. Four, four. Yeah. Just, that's all you get. It's like 4-4 four, four with death touch. Yeah, it's a 4-4 four, four with death touch, but, you know, like, the the minds of Fandelver, like, the final one is you, the fifth room is you draw a card. Yeah. And Dungeon of the Mad Mage is, like, seven different rooms to get through. Yeah. And it actually is, like, a really good payoff. So, was it draw three cards and reveal them? You may cast one of them without. Wow, that is good. Yes. So, obviously, if you're going to go all in, you go all in on that one. If you're just going for like normal value, you go with the Lost Minds. Speedrun Tomb of Annihilation. (laughs) Well, the funny funny thing is, I have. I only have ventured into two dungeons Uh throughout my one and a quarter pre releases that I've done. Yep. I won. Two separate games off of venturing into Tomb of Annihilation because the 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 when you first enter the dungeon, deal each one damage to each player. One. That one point of damage won me the game. Oh my god! It was kind of great. Yeah. But, so uh, extre- extremely flavorful, kind of complex to explain unless you see them. It, it it's one of those mechanics that like. When you see it, you're like, oh, yeah. It, it's, yeah. it just makes sense to you. But it's one of those ones that if you had to write the rules out for it, like I feel like it, you would have a stroke. Yeah, and the one really nice thing that I do like about... The, or the one cool thing about it is you can go into the same dungeon multiple times. Yeah. You know, so you're not locked into like, well, shit, I've done the other two. Now I have to do Tomb of Annihilation when yeah, you're right. like, when you're at one life or something insane like that, right? You can go yeah. through the same dungeon multiple times. Yeah. So, you know, go a little bit of loot run going on. Yeah. A little bit of minor incremental value for the most part. Oh, yeah. It looks like a cool mechanic. I, I dig it. I'm a fan. I, I do appreciate i do actually really like the a lot of people are like big downers on it like i don't want to have to carry around these tokens from now until the end of time you know like blah 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 it's like you don't unless you have a card that uses it uh is it going to be like the people it's like oh you basically just got to carry the tokens because now that they're in the game kind of thing yeah Okay, it's well, like if you, if you, you suck, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. If you don't have the tokens, you're just giving away free information to your opponent. No. Why are you why are you showing your opponent your tokens anyways? Right? But one of okay. those people who like has a token that they that doesn't actually run on the top of their see-through deck box, so people think they have information and they play around it and then they're like, "Oh, jokes on you, I'm playing blue white control." Lol. Lol. Gotcha. Got him. All right. So, uh, the second mechanic is classes. Uh, so classes are sort of the ugly love child of sagas and level up cards. So, e- I don't say they're an ugly love child. They're definitely okay. there's definitely a lot of loving going on that yeah. results. In- <laughs> so, um, all classes are an enchantment with a subtype class, and they have um, basically abilities that happen uh, on them. So um, when you when you play the card, the 
you know, you gain the, the first level of the class. So, like, I have Cleric class in front of me. I'm just going to use this one. Uh, they have art like a saga, so that's kind of where they get that, but um, which is cool. Uh, so the Cleric class costs, like, a one white, um, and it has the ability, if you would gain life, you gain that much plus one instead. So then as a sorcery, right? Is that a sorcery, right? Yep, okay. Yes. So then as a sorcery, you can pay the, the cost for the next level. So it's level two cost is three and a white. The level three cost is four and a white. And you have to go in order, obviously. So, um, and you add the ability of that level when you get to it. So uh, the level two one is whenever you gain life, put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature you control. So now you would gain that much life plus one and put a plus one plus one counter and then if you pay the the cost again which is four or the next cost which is four and a white uh when this class becomes level three uh return target creature card from your grave to the battlefield you gain life equal to its toughness so um so it's it's a cool effect you know and then that sticks around it's a it's a it unlike a saga it doesn't just get sacrificed yeah i will say one really cool neat little trick they did with these mm -hmm. and sagas is they put the art and the text box on opposite sides. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't, yeah, I just realized that. So they actually do, they are, for being being very not visually distinct, they are visually distinct from sagas. Yeah. Just like that's <laughs> that subtle little thing that like stuck yeah. out to me when I was first looking at them. I'm actually, the classes are sweet. I love the idea of level up enchantments. Yeah, that is a really cool thing. And this seems like, like a perfect way to execute it first off. Yes. And I, I know Morrow doesn't like activated abilities on enchantments, but honestly, you can't really make these as anything other than enchantments. It would be tough, unless you made it its own card type, which yeah. that's just awkward. I think I think it's much cleaner making it an enchantment. Yeah, and it, like I do really, really enjoy the flavor of these cards, how they're just like, you know, you are literally leveling up as you put mana into this, and you just, like, you're doing other things. Yep. You know, but like you're, you're like as you said, you don't lose the rank one and rank two mm -hmm. abilities. You get to keep them. Yep. You just get to add on to them, and they all they all play really well together. And I really really think it's cool. So. Yeah, they seem like they all seem like really good, really good cohesive designs that really further the the theme of that class. Yes, I will say the one that I disagree with. Mm -hmm. uh, because I didn't feel like it was worth bringing it up on its own thing is the bard class. <laughs> Bards are not gruel in my mind. Yeah, they are. Are they? Yeah, they are. I agree you're, with the red. You're, you're thinking you're thinking of gruel as gruel and not gruel as red and green. I don't agree with the green. I don't know. I, bards typically are green. Are they? They, they have been. Well, yeah, but that doesn't mean that they should be. Yisan the Wandering Bard. Yeah, that doesn't mean he should be. I don't know. Like, I feel like I feel like. I mean, what color should it be otherwise? Like red, red is red is a lock. Yeah, mono red. I, I I like red green. I think I'm okay with that. There's sort of that chaotic quality to him with the like, and there is a lot of nature built into it. Some ways, I could I could see him as mono red as well too, like music as a mono red thing. But I think music has a lot of sort of nature built into it. Or remember, not not 
in D and D, yes, all bards are music based. Not mm-hmm. all actual bards are purely music. That I get it, wh- but like, but like, we're working oh, with tropes. We're working with yeah, tropes. yeah, yeah. I was like, this this is less me contradicting you and me yeah. more me complaining about D and D because I want to play a goddamn bard. I don't want to sing a goddamn song. <laughs> I want to give an inspirational speech and make everyone feel pumped up to all shit. Well, you can do that in my next D and D game. I knew. I know you'd let me get away with it. <laughs> Sorry, you were like, like inspiring my... song. Nah, I'm gonna stand up and give a goddamn speech, and you will applaud yeah. me. Well, I'm just going with the next D and D game I run. Good luck getting there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but uh, classes. I mean, that's a big thing. They're cool. I like. Yeah, them. big fan uh, of classes. So the other mechanical thing is D twenty rolls. Yay! <laughs> Yay! So there's some cards that say roll a d20, and then they have a. It literally looks like the tables from the player's handbook too. Um, yep. With a certain um, range of result on the d20, um, and then that result will happen. A lot of them are semi-random effects, basically. A lot of them are fifty-fifty splits too. So. Yeah, there's this is actually apparently a, a consternation point for some people who think that the nat 20 roll is not good enough and the rolling of a 1 should be worse. Okay. My retort to you is, it's magic, it needs to be balanced around something you do, schnozzle. (laughs) I'm just going to go off here. I wonder who said that. (laughs) Uh, Not who you think... Well, you know who said it... I showed you who said it for the the twenty roll. Oh, okay. Someone else was complaining about the fact that rolling a one isn't detrimental enough. Okay, whatever. Like, yeah. I don't know. It, I think it's fine. I like the splits and stuff like that. Most of them are coin flips, where it's like do this thing or do this thing slightly better. Yeah, and, and here's I think the deal. it's perfectly fine. You can't tell a magic player, hey, five percent of the time. If you if you use this card, you're going to lose the game, and yeah, right. expect them to actually play it unless their name is Fletcher. Yeah, I mean, I would play the hell out of it. Yeah, you'd like be like, that. all right, what's the what's, what's all right, what's the downside? Yeah, right. <laughs> Here's the deal. Give me give me my less than coin flips. Yeah, <laughs> embrace randomness. But I will say, I I actually one of the classes is the barbarian class, which is all about like rolling more dice and getting benefits from rolling dice it is chaotically fun to play that i my i went 4-0 with a red red green uh aggro deck and a mm-hmm. lot of my sh- the bs i was doing involved rolling dice mm-hmm. and it was extremely amusing nice but cool d20s that's the thing so, and then the last thing... Oh, which, sorry. Oops, one thing we should mention about the D20 roll. Oh, sorry. Watsy has personally made the announcement that you are not allowed to use a standard spin-down die to roll your D20. Yeah, so in, I disagree no, with this. In normal events, just do it. Uh, um, Matt Tabak had the best response to that, to basically the whole thing. People arguing with him about distributions and blah, blah, blah mm-hmm. on both sides. And basically, basically his response is that some rules, some rules are made to prevent cheating. Some rules are, are made to prevent the perception of cheating. Yes. This is the, this is the latter. Yes. <laughs> like I, 
disagree with it, but at the same time, I cannot actually disagree with it, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, like it's like, all right, like I, I don't. If that's the intent, is to get people to to stop it, kind of, and I get it, but yeah, you know, I mean, honestly, I'll probably like if it was just us playing, I'd roll a spin down, and you can suck it. Yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> we commonly use spin downs to decide who goes first in. Our EDH games because it's mm-hmm. faster. And pretty no sure I've used this. I've used the spin down in when we play D anD D. But whatever. I mean, um, if you roll a dice properly, it literally does not matter. Yeah. But, I, I will fight anyone who tells me about weight distribution. Yeah, but okay. So the last thing, um, which is probably more contentious than all of this, no, I'm kidding. Um, is uh, this is not a mechanical change, uh, contrary to what people may think, uh, is that they're using the ability word tech uh, to add flavor to abilities. So, um, you know, if you think think about stuff like Metalcraft or, um, uh, for some reason, the first one that's coming to mind is Strive. Um, <laughs> like I, uh, but, you know, abilities like that, Metalcraft is like the one that people think of. Landfall, there we are, there's another one. Uh, you know, those words don't actually mean anything rules-wise in Magic. No. They, they literally don't, they literally do not do anything. There is nothing that references the word Metalcraft in Magic. Um, they're using that sort of tech to label abilities on uh, on cards and stuff like that. Kind of in two different ways. So the first way is, is like a creature will have an ability... Um, and they'll label it whatever that ability is. So, like, Blink Dog has teleport, and it's three and a white, Blink Dog phases out. So it's giving flavor to that phases out ability to, to give it some definition. Uh, my favorite one, actually, is Grim Wanderer, <laughs> which is... Um, it's a it's a creature that has tragic backstory is the, is the flavor, and it's cast the spell only if, you, if a creature died this turn. I, that card is awesome. Hopefully that wasn't on our list in here, but um, uh, it I love it. Okay, I, no. but that's a re- that's one example of it, and it's really good. Um, the other way they do it is sort of the um the D and D choose your own adventure, uh, thing. So this is on instants and sorceries, I think mostly. Yes. So um, trying to so here's one. Here's a really simple one that I know we're not going to talk about. So like uh, there's one here called you find a cursed idol. Uh, it's a sorcery in green, and it says choose one. So the first is the first thing is smash it, which is destroy target artifact, lift the curse, destroy target enchantment, or steal its eyes, which is create a treasure token and venture into the dungeon. So it it creates these modal spells that have flavor attached to each of the abilities to kind of give you that, um, you know, the DM gives you a situation. What do you do? Which mm. is a really cool way to bring that D and D flavor into a game like this. Yeah, I love 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 the flavor keyword abilities like it just yeah. it it's so much more immersive like when you just you don't even need to like s- say what you're doing when you do the stuff mm-hmm. it's like just reading it is cool yeah like i really enjoy it i yeah. think it's sweet i think i i'm such a big fan of this i 
there's not quite as many cards as I originally thought there would be for us to talk about in flavor. There's still a decent chunk of them, obviously. I mean, this this does ooze flavor. This whole set does. Yeah, like this whole it's one of those things where like this whole set ooze flavor oozes flavor, and I could just talk to about almost any card and why it's sweet flavor wise. Yeah, right. <laughs> because of stuff like this. Yeah, and like so, I I will say I I like I like that they're doing this. This is actually something that's done in a lot of other card games. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope I they can't overuse it though. Yes. If, this, if this is something that comes up in other sets, it's going to it's not going to have the same resonance that it does here. I think there's certain places they can use it, but I think they have to be very careful with it. Yeah, I think it is a perfect to you do this in D D. yeah exactly because a lot of the lines that they're using are actual things in D D. Mm-hmm. you know yep. like the the main one the don bringer cleric I, I BTB. That one. Yep. cure wounds dispel magic gentle repose yep right that is three, a spell a spell three, and a spell <laughs> three cleric spells right yeah yeah it's just and they're all low-level cleric spells it's perfect yep or even the really subtle pieces where they use it like um uh so they have the treasure chest. Yes. And there's only one only one of the lines on it has uh, flavor things, but it's like, you know, you pay for a sacrifice, it roll a d20. Uh, most of the things create treasures, but if you roll a one, you lose three life and it's labeled trapped. Yes. And that's the only one that has that, which is cool. That gives good effect there. Yeah. But, all right. So that's all the new mechanics. Should we start, should we talk about a couple couple cards here? Just venture into the dungeon. Yeah, now that we've talked 20 minutes without actually looking at the cards. <laughs> but, alright. Cool. And you didn't have faith. I I had faith. Um, alright, well, I'll kick it off with our first band card. Um, <laughs> so, the first card we have is the Book of Exalted Deeds. Uh, white, white, white for a legendary artifact. At the beginning of your end step, if you gain three or more life this turn, create a 3-3 white angel creature token with flying. Uh, white, 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 tap, exile the Book of Exalted Deeds. Put an enlightened counter on target angel. It gains you can't lose the game and your opponents can't win the game. Activate only as a sorcery. This card is sweet and, as mentioned, is banned in Standard 2022 because that format is only available in Best of One. You can activate a Faceless Haven, which is every creature type. You activate this and put it on the Faceless Haven. And your opponents can most likely not destroy the land. Yep. And as a result, they will never lose. Yep. And apparently it's a thing that people will play the mirror match with this, and they just kind of both sit there. Yep, and they just lo- it's like locked out, and that's it. Yeah, it's like, you can't deck, you can't lose, you just sit there. <laughs> Reminds me of Ixalan Block Constructed with that. <laughs> yeah. Cycling, yeah, but so uh, this card is cool. Yep, but that is so ridiculous. It it is, yeah. It's one of those things. Like this is a cool card, though. I like the card. I think it's a cool design. Yeah, even if pe- even if people make it less fun, but right. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next up, we have Loyal Warhound. One light for a three-one creature dog. I love this dog's face. <laughs> this this dog is just the doggiest dog. The, so here's the deal: if this if this guy if this dog was like 
a military general. He would look like the German office, like the the like really old school like Ottoman German officer with like the like twirled up mustache and everything. Yes. Uh, he has vigilance, and when loyal warhound ends the battlefield, if an opponent controls more lands and you search your library for a basic planes card, put it on the battlefield tapped, then shuffle. So a, paladin is, oops, sorry. Sorry. a paladin steed is a celestial spirit in animal form. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um, so this is Knight of the White Orchid, but worse. But wor- but is it worse? Yes. So it's easier to cast vigilance than a three one. I suppose a two two first strike is just better. Uh, it's not even that. Oh, okay. Knight of the White Orchid puts it into play untapped. Oh, okay. So this is budget Knight of the White Orchid. This is budget Knight of the White Orchid. This is very, very similar, obviously, right? But like, I mean, that's cool. this is. I mean, budget Knight of the White Orchid is still a good card. Yeah, like ar- arguably the three, the three power vigilance is a very relevant line of text, obviously, yeah. right? Yeah. Like it's has one toughness is going to die easier, mm-hmm. you know. But like it still does ramp you if you're behind. You know, like the main reason why it's worse is because you, if you're if you were on the draw with Knight of the White Orchid, Orchid, you could play it, get a land, play another land, and cast a second two drop in the same turn. Yeah. Right? It just gave you that little burst. This doesn't do that. Yeah. It's still perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. You know, like you still kind of it's not as good on the play as it is on the draw. Obviously, yeah, I mean, and, yeah, just like Knight of the Orchid <laughs> and. If you do play this on turn three, it's going to like you are unless you have another one drop you can play. You are effectively losing out on a mana by not casting a three drop, but it's still fine. You know, yeah, it still can definitely see play. Yeah, but okay. Uh, next up, we have Oswald Fiddlebender. Or first legendary creature. <laughs> um, so he has a one and a white for a legendary creature, Gnome Artificer. Uh, magical Tinkering is the ability ability text. Um, white tap, sacrifice an artifact, search your library for an artifact card with mana value equal to one plus the sacrifice artist, artifact's mana value. Put it onto the battlefield, then shuffle, activate only as a sorcery. So we got Artifact Pod. <laughs> yeah. This card is cool. I don't so, know if it's good, that's but it's what I'm cool. Wondering. Like, I'm like, is that worth anything? I mean, maybe the main. I think like the main issue with this card is like, outside of bomber man, you don't really play white in your artifact decks. Yeah, that's the weird thing. Is, is like the, I feel like the white is used a lot in like equipment decks, but not yeah. really like just straight up. You know. Like, if this was red, you'd be like, oh, yeah, okay. Like, now we're going to do something. Oh, yeah, if this was red, it would be busted, right? <laughs> like, I will make this work. Like, the big problem with the big problem with this card is it's much harder to have a value train going with your artifacts than it is with it's, your creatures. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like, there are ETB value artifacts. They are much less numerous, numerous and mm-hmm. powerful. Yeah. Like, I have no idea what you would uses a three drop yeah i don't know what, are, what yeah and the, or what are you doing with artifact creatures or something like that you know kind of thing like but like there's not there's not that much to hit is there i mean you could eventually ramp your way up to a spine of ish so okay I, <laughs> I, I, it, it would be really slow but i mean vindicates a vindicate right yeah i guess i mean and the like there's, I, I suppose there's like enough like one and two cost stuff where like maybe this sees 
maybe this is just some sort of value piece or something in a different type of deck. Maybe a, I don't know. But I mean, like, the, I mean, catching in your rocks for something is not nothing. It's not nothing in, in like, a certain place. The the biggest downside of this card is it has to be mana value equal to one plus. Yeah, it is not equal to or less than. It is equal to. Yep. Which is obviously harder to just kind of like have a value chain of cycling artifacts going right. Yeah. So but, I don't know. It, if nothing else, it's an interesting effect. Yes, it is. It's one of those effects that you look at and you're like, it wouldn't take much for this to be insane. Yeah, right. But but it's just like they just dialed it back enough to maybe not be insane. We'll see. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe people will be tutoring up their friggin' book of exalted deeds with it or some shit. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, they can't. It's banned. All right. Uh, all right. Next up, we have Demi Lich. Blue, 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 blue for a four-three creature skeleton wizard. The spell costs a blue less to cast for each instant and sorcery spell you've cast this turn. Whenever Demilich attacks, exile up to one target instant or sorcery spell from your graveyard. Copy it. You may cast the copy. Of note, you still have to pay the mana cost. <laughs> you may cast Demilich from your graveyard by exiling four instants and or sorcery cards from your graveyard in addition to paying its other costs. So, I just have an admission to make really quick. Alright. If you had blanked out the set symbol and like all the stuff that like identifies this as an official card, and were like, is this from Custom Magic or a real card... I would have bet all my money on custom magic. Right? This card is wonky as all shit. But it's really cool. This is a weird card, man. I don't even know. I don't know what to think about it. I don't know if this card's good or not. I'll be honest. I'm like, I have no idea how good this card is. Yeah. Uh... This card definitely has potential to seeing play in, like, at least historic. It's just, like, in, like, spells, that, like, the spell kind of decks. Yeah, I mean, this card is effectively free if you're already playing Phoenix, right? I was going to say, I'm like, is this, do you just slam it in Phoenix and you're just like, all right. <laughs> There's, like, Lawler Skates Phoenix, get more value with my cards later. <laughs> like, I, like, obviously, it doesn't have haste or flying. <laughs> <laughs> but like this card is still really like a four three for it's like a, a blue. It's a four three that like gives you the opportunity to recast stuff too. Yeah, right. So you're just like, all right. So I guess I'm gonna go, you know, faithless looting, or you'll see so you'll go brainstorm into faithless looting into opt, and to cast this and to trigger my two phoenixes that I discarded and uh, just sure. Ha- all right. Ha- why not? <laughs> this card's weird, and I have no idea what to think about it. I'm just going to leave it at that, I think. I, like, will, uh, I would not be surprised if this card saw play. In, I'll be honest, I would not be surprised either. In uh, you, could, uh, you, could, uh, you could be like, oh yeah, this card saw play in Vintage. I'd be like, yeah, I can see it. <laughs> I mean, I could too. Yeah. I will say, I don't know why it doesn't have flying. I feel like it... it both looks like it should, and I'm pretty sure Demi Liches can fly. Okay, well, flavor miss on their part, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, what's really so bad about 
a four three flyer. I mean, it's just one better than a exactly phantom monster. And it costs blue, 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 blue. It's, it's... basically phantom monster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh... All right. So uh, enough of that nonsense. On to other nonsense. All right. Um, next up, we have Mind Flayer. Uh, three blue blue for a 3-3 three, three creature horror. Uh, dominate monster. Uh, when Mind Flayer enters the battlefield, gain control of target creature for as long as you control Mind Flayer. It's that one fairy, but it costs more, doesn't have flying, and it's a plus one, plus one. That one fairy? Yeah, there's a four mana 2-2 two, two flying fairy. Sort of a temptation. There we go. Oh, yeah, okay. Okay. I mean... Surf Contention is a powerful magic card. I'm like, this is... Uh, like, I mean, just looking at the ability on this card, I'm like, this has got to be just fine, right? Like... Yeah. I mean, the biggest downside of this card is it costs five mana, right? I mean, yeah. And even that's kind of just like, alright. Yeah, it's like, uh, okay. Like, is it good enough for standard? Maybe. Yeah, I mean, who knows, right? Like, the difference between this and Dragon Lord Salumgar is a lot, but it's not that much. <laughs> the difference between your car and a Ferrari, I mean... Uh, hey, my car sounds like a Ferrari. I still have that hole in my exhaust. <laughs> I mean, like, like uh, I'm... I'm obviously being facetious. I, but, I, I uh, yeah. But at the same time, like, this card isn't like so, Dragonlord Slumgar, it costs six. Or does it only cost five? I think it costs five. No idea. So, Dragonlord Slumgar, it's a three-five instead of a three-three. It has flying and death touch. So basically, Dragonlord Slumgar is much better on the defensive, right? Yeah. The and also Dragonlord Slumgar can steal planeswalkers. Okay. But the thing is, while yes, this is both a worse attacker and a worse blocker. It is easier to cast. You don't have to play, mm -hmm. be playing two colors. Yep. And it's still just a really powerful effect. Yeah. Is it good enough for standard? Like I said, I have no idea. <laughs> but if you if you had asked me if Dragonlord Salumgar was good enough for standard when I first saw him, I would have said no. He probably would have laughed in somebody's face, right? They're like, is this good enough for standard? I'm like, no, they just kill it. And then the other creature back, what's the point, right? Yeah, right. And then I went, ended up going on like one of my most dominant runs ever in standard, playing Dragonlord Salumgar in my goddamn deck. So. Right, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes things just don't make sense. Sometimes mm -hmm. your Valkyrs get banned in every format. Shit happens. Yep. <laughs> All right. You got this one. All right. All right. There we go. Next up, we have Aserirak. Whatever. Yeah, Aserirak. I feel like there should be one less E in this goddamn name. This is these are D and D names that are utter nonsense. Yeah, this is old school D and D yeah, names. The Archlich. Uh, this is the the boss of Tomb of Horrors, right? Yes, this is the boss of Tomb of Horrors. Okay. So. Two and a black for a five-five legendary creature, zombie wizard. Oh shit! Oh shit! Uh, when it enters the battlefield, if you haven't completed Tomb of Annihilation, or sorry, it's the boss of Tomb of Annihilation. Oh, okay, of sorry, yeah. Okay. Tomb of, Tomb of, Tomb of Annihilation, 
and Tomb of Horrors are actually two completely different things. Yeah, because F you. <laughs> Tomb of Annihilation is specifically created with the intent of crushing the souls of the people who power game. Yeah. Tomb of Horrors actually has like a sweet story to it. Yeah. And there's like Velociraptors, which is also awesome. Okay. <laughs> uh, so if you haven't completed Tomb of Annihilation, return Aserarak, the Archlich, to its owner's hand and venture into the dungeon. When card name attacks <laughs> for each opponent, you create a 2 2 black zombie creature token unless that player sacrifices a creature. Dope. Dope. Uh, this card is on this list because of me, and that's because, I shit you not, this card is seeing extremely minimal, but it is still seeing play in Legacy. <laughs> what? It goes infinite with a Lurin by itself. <laughs> what? <laughs> you flash it in with a Lurin. You bounce it back to your hand, and you just keep running the the whatever minds of Fandelver over and over and over again. Because one of the lines of text in that in that mind is your opponent loses a life and you gain a life. What? <laughs> I love it so much. Oh my god. There's now a one-card combo with Aluren instead of, like, the five-card combo that that deck actually uses. Oh my god. It's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. I that love Legacy. Utter nonsense and it's beautiful. Like, I'm pretty sure I was watching a guy play it and he went, like, 4-1 with it. Which doesn't mean anything, right? No. Like, I've seen really bad decks go 5-0 in Legacy, but... Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, Goblins is still playable for crying out loud. Oh my god. What okay legacy play there we are and if we're gonna be completely honest who better to see play in legacy than the final boss of the most evil dungeon ever created <laughs> well there we are this is the this is the world we live in yep uh, okay next up mm-hmm uh, next up, we have Asmodeus the Archfiend. Uh, for the low cost of four black black, you get a 6-6 six, six legendary creature, Devil God, <laughs> um, with the ability Binding Contract. Uh, if you would draw a card, exile the top card of your library face down instead. Black, 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 draw seven cards. <laughs> black, return all cards exiled with, with him to their owner's hand, and you lose that much life. This is an interesting card. <laughs> I love the Necropotence reference. Yeah, right. Uh, for the love of God, don't play this card in Limited. <laughs> <laughs> Itch. I had, I had an opponent play this against me. Uh -huh. He was behind on board. Yep. And he had two cards in hand. Yep. And he played this, and uh -huh. I'm like, alright, cool. Yep. I was. I just. I kept. I'm just. I just like played a few creatures in the past. Yep. He's like, all right. I'm like, and he went to draw a card. I'm like, actually, you didn't get to draw that card. He's like, why? I'm like, your card. It gets exiled. You can pay a black and draw every yep. card exiled. But he was at like six life. Uh, so he's like, oh. <laughs> uh... <Yeah. laughs> 
<laughs> so he, I'm like, read, so wait. Read your cards, bro. So he's like, so wait, I don't get to draw a card for the rest of the game. I'm like, not unless you want to pay life for it. You should have read the contract. <laughs> <laughs> so like he had a blocker, but I just kept, I, uh, he's like, I don't think I can win now. I'm like, I don't like, think you can either. <laughs> like, nope, I don't think you can either. Because <laughs> like, I had like, I had two four power creatures in play. Mm-hmm. He had a six six, but he's at six, and he's just like, "Yeah, you don't have cards in hand. I oh, will you, eventually you? draw enough to get around you." Yep. Well, you're <laughs> sitting here exiling your library. <laughs> uh, it was extremely humorous, but yeah, this card's cool. I mean, it it could be something. I mean, this... that is like a powerful effect. Yeah, usually, I don't know if it gets there, but four mana, draw seven, pay seven. Yeah, deal. I mean, yeah, okay. <laughs> I would snap off that deal in almost any game. Yeah, unless I was extremely behind on board. Yeah, in limited. <laughs> in limited. <laughs> uh, like this is one of those cards that you look at, you're like, ah, I can see this getting banded, Commander. Yeah, I could see it. I mean, Grizzle Brand is banned. This is arguably easier to break because he's both cheaper and it's really easy to make a lot of black mana. True. But, I don't know. Cool card, cool mechanic. I like the Necro reference. Yep, big fan. I well, also, as you said, I really like the Necro reference. It does sweet mm-hmm. things. Alright, next up we have Flame Skull. One red red for a 3-1 creature skeleton with flying, and a flame skull can't block. Upside. Upside. It has has rejuvenation. When flame skull dies, exile it. If you do, exile the top card of your library. Until the end of your next turn, you may play one of those cards. Cool. This is a sweet little value piece. Yep. This card has... Reminder text, which is extremely useful. Flame Skull can't block. Yep. <laughs> I think this card's sweet. Is it good? I have no idea. I want it to be. Mm-hmm. I really like that it's until the end of your next turn. Yeah. So like you you know, you can like cast a spell pre-combat, attack mm-hmm. with this, this dies, you still can cast it the next turn, right? Yeah. Or you can be like, oh I'd rather play that land. Yeah. You know? I mean it gives you choices is the nice thing. Yeah, I love the fact that it gives you choices. I mean, it's just having still. a 3-1 aggressive card is just nice. Yeah. I, this, I both... this is the Phoenix you never got. No, kidding. <laughs> I was going to say, I wish it had haste, but I don't think I'm allowed to complain about that, because, yeah. Yeah, probably not. They could give it haste, and then it would be so much better. I mean, yeah, any card would be. <laughs> Can I... Uh... Completely unrelated. Can I just say that haste is probably one of the low-key, most powerful keywords in Magic that people don't realize. Sure, you can low-key say that. Just saying. Okay. All your creatures have haste is a more powerful line of text than people realize. You just don't want to play a card that that's all it does. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Next up, we have Hobgoblin Bandit Lord. Uh, one red red for a two three creature goblin rogue. Other goblins you control get plus one plus one. Nice line of text. Uh, red tap hobgoblin battler deals damage equal to the number of goblins that entered the battlefield under your control this turn to any target. So this is what nug your opponent for seventy. 
Yes, this is this is alternate WinCon in Cranko number thirty six. I was gonna say I'm like this. <laughs> this just has to be something that you're gonna play in Cranko. Yeah, I need a foil one. If anyone opens one, please, thank you. Please, <laughs> please, and thank you. Like, I mean, this is a goblin card. This is a goblin card. It is awesome as a goblin card. Yeah. This card's. I mean, every. It's not very often that they're like, hey, let's just print a three-mana Goblin Lord in Standard. Yeah, right. And every time they do, I'm just like, hmm. Hmm. I wonder. Hmm. And this is, like, kind of a better one than a lot of the other ones in some ways. Yeah. Like, like it, in, a, in a weird way in some ways. Like, maybe it's not actually, like, strictly better than some of the other Goblin Lords, but, I mean, like, the, like that's a good ability in Goblins. Yeah, for, for Goblin Lords that actually give power. Mm-hmm. This is arguably the second most powerful. What do you think is number one? The Warchief Haste, because Haste is just so okay. important in Goblins. <laughs> Go back to our first, our yeah. previous conversation. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like the the Haste is so relevant in Goblins because it just allows you to do so much, right? Yeah. Like, like for for pseudo Lord effects, Goblin uh, Chieftain. I think I mixed those two up. Yeah. Uh, the one that makes all your goblins cost one generic mana less, that one is yeah. the actual most important, but it doesn't give power, obviously. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. like, this is a really, really powerful goblin lord. Yeah. And removal on a stick, even if it's just like, you know, a little like, oh, shock your thing. But I mean, like, most of the time, that's just going to be shock your thing, right? Yeah. Like, and in, a goblin, super, in a goblin deck? like super good. <laughs> you know. I you mean, know, even like, if it's like, you know, even if it's like, I don't know, whatever, searing touch your guy or something, but... Yeah, I mean, like, here's the thing, most, you, most of the time you don't want to send your lords into the combat zone anyways. Yeah. So, like, even if all this is like, oh, I just get to tap it and, like, ping my opponent for one, that's still mm -hmm. something, right? Yeah. Reach is powerful. Yep. Alright. Next up, we have Minion of the Mighty. Red. For a zero one creature kobold. It has menace. It is menacing. <laughs> it also has pack tactics. Which is actually I think oh, this is one of, I think this is actually a keyword in the set. There is multiple instances of multiple cards that have pack tactics written on them. Oh, okay. They are all green or red. Oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, and they all trigger off the same thing. So in Minion of the Mighty Attacks, if you attacked with creatures with total power 6 or greater this combat, you may put a dragon creature card from your hand onto the battlefield tapped and attacking. Whew. All pack tactic cards trigger off attacking the creatures with power 6 or greater. Okay. Did you know that this card is part of a two-turn kill in standard? Hmm. Cute. Yes. <laughs> Especially once you realize what you have to do. <laughs> I'm guessing it involves Infuriate in some way, but... It does. Oh, I love it. <laughs> so you go this, uh -huh. you go Infuriate, Infuriate, uh -huh. you attack, yep. and the dragon you put into play is the dragon that you get from one of the welcome decks that says attacking creatures you control have double strike. Are you shitting on me? Nope. That is beautiful. It is like 22 damage on turn 2. Love it. <laughs> 
fragile as hell, and you need like a perfect. <laughs> you I mean, to be fair, you need what you need. So what? One, two, three, four, five. Oh, so you you need a, a perfect six card hand. I yeah, suppose, you so. need okay. two mountains, two inferiorate, one kobold, one dragon. Yeah. Oh, this is dope. Anyways, it's hilarious. That's is it hilarious. good? No. Yeah, I mean, that's the most koboldy thing ever. Right. <laughs> Uh, it ain't good, but when it works, oh man! <laughs> oh, kobolds! But all right. Uh, oh, Suppose it's me, next. isn't it? <laughs> it is. Uh, so next up, we have Circle of Dreams Druid, uh, green, green, green for a two-one creature elf druid uh, that has the ability tap add green for each creature you control. Hooray for more mana dorks. Hooray. I mean, this is going to be a good mana dork, though. In, some, in, in certain situations. In certain situations, yes. The fact that this costs triple green is steep. I mean, it's steep, but also it's one of those things where it's like, okay, I play my triple green thing and tap it for five. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know. I mean, this is just Gaia's Cradle number 15 in elf decks, right? So. Yeah. I mean, you know. It's nice having options. Yeah, it's good. It's it's good to have all of the mana. All. Of I mean, it. like, sure, triple green is steep, but I don't think you can look at a card like that and be like, "Oh, this card's shit." No, not in the slightest. Right. Yeah. Like, like I said, the biggest downside to this card is the fact it's triple green, which means you can only really play it in mono green decks. Yeah. But and... I mean, those those are the decks that want this exact effect. Yeah, you just need to have a payoff, and uh, I. I don't know what that currently is. Yeah, they're probably all... I mean, someday we'll see it. Yeah. So, I mean, it's still sweet. I am definitely not going to be annoyed about its existence. Mm -hmm. I'm a fan, so... All right. All right. And the last, but certainly not least, in my opinion, one of the single worst artifacts in all of Magic, because... No one in I all feel of magic like... or in all of D D. In all of D D, sorry. Okay. Yeah, you're right. People have a weird hard on for this and I don't get it. Right. Alright. The deck of many things. Five for a legendary artifact. Two in tap. Roll a D twenty and subtract the number of cards in your hand. If the result is zero or less, discard your hand. <laughs> I love how this punishes you for having cards in hand. Right. I mean, the deck of many things, like, it punishes you. It does. For your sins. That's all it does. Uh, one through nine. Return a card at random from your graveyard to your hand. All right. All right. Ten through nineteen. Draw two cards. Ooh. If you roll a natural twenty... Put a creature card from any graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. When that creature dies, its owner loses the game. Its owner loses the game. Now that is a win con. Now that is an effect. Is it good? God, no. Oh man, I want to build a deck around this and just sacrifice effects. Right? <laughs> <laughs> just gonna point out this has a worse chance of succeeding than at unexpected results a perfect unexpected results hand a perfect unexpected results hand yes 
which if you're <laughs> playing unexpected results, obviously you're going to have the perfect hand. Every time. It is only destiny. Uh, <laughs> I mean... This I mean this is a cool card. Honestly, this card has way more upside than the actual deck of anything. Oh yeah, this this <laughs> card is sweet. This card is something that's like I should probably just put this in Karn because all Karn is is doing stupid things with stupid artifacts. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I yeah. don't know. It's it's cool. It's splashy. Like I don't know how good it actually is. It's this is a card that you're like yeah you snap play this in like sealed right. You I mean, never, probably, right? Like, you never play this in Constructed ex outside of EDH. So, I mean, yeah, like, and I don't know when you when you would activate the effect, but, like, even in, so even in Sealed, so in Sealed, if this said, pay two, tap it, only activate this if you have no cards in hand, would you play that? Yeah. I mean, like, I think it's fine then. Because I'd, I'd do that, draw a card, draw two cards do something stupid right like yeah. i mean like yeah, like there's, there's, there's not a lot of other places i'd play <laughs> in steel this card is awesome in mm -hmm. draft this card is probably too slow because the set does look like it can be fast if people draft around it yeah like stupid fast if people draft around it but i, I mean i'd play a control deck with this as one of my one of my pieces not necessarily the win con but just like the a value piece I would play a mid-range deck with this as one of my pieces. I mean, everything in draft or everything in this is mid-range. I'd play more reserves the control end because that's just how I do it. But yeah, just gotta remember though, subtract by the number of cards in hand. Yeah, yeah, true. I suppose you don't want to be sitting around with a big mitful. Yeah, I don't think I would want to activate this if I had more than two. Yeah, as I said, I'd, I'd most of the time I'd run it if I had no cards in hand, or I'd, I'd activate it with no cards in hand. Yeah, <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, otherwise it's like sometimes you get got, right? Yeah, like it's it's a d twenty. I don't know, yeah. but I do like how this card properly punishes you for rolling poorly. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Discard your hand, but yeah. Alright. Well, there's all the mechanical cards for this set. Yeah. Which have a lot more flavor and some, some random grape cards. <laughs> yeah. But, I don't know. I, I'll i be honest, as somebody who has uh, been around D&D &D for a while and is very critical of a lot of the things <laughs> that D&D &D has, the set looks really cool. I was... I will admit I was going to be curious how much you actually were into the set because you are so critical of D&D and you Yeah. You don't hate it, but you're definitely not a fan of it. I I'm not really even into like this the the flavor of it and stuff like that, but I like how they handled the flavor a lot of the flavors and stuff like that. I don't necessarily like D&D &D tropes in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um and I I actually take a lot of issue with with some of those like D&D &D fantasy tropes, so um but yeah, overall, I do really like the look of the set, though, and I do really like some of the the D and D aspects they did bring to it. Um, yeah, I think they did a really good job. Mm -hmm. I actually really like the little adventure hooks that they have on all the basic lands. Also. Oh yeah, yeah, like that looks really like that's really cool too. Like the 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 flavor text basic lands basically. Yeah, but. 
Yeah. But I don't know. There's a few misses which we'll discuss later, but as of right yep. now, I think they did about as good as can be expected for yep. this. So. All right. So we'll hit the rest of those up next week. But uh, for now, you can send feedback to thelocometa at gmail.com. You can catch us on Twitter at thelocometapc. Uh, come check out thelocometa.com for links to the Discord, Patreon, stream, all that good stuff. Maybe we'll actually do a stream where I'm involved instead of you just streaming Halo. <laughs> I've been busy being gone for various things in life. So, but someday. <laughs> we got to get you playing more Super Metroid. We do. Need to see if I can figure out how to do some of the fancy tricks and shit. Oh, they're they're not that bad once you figure out the movement. I'm sure you can do. <laughs> I don't know, wall jumping still confuses me. So wall jumping is not easy. You kind of have to learn the the feel for it. But yeah. So. All right, John. Anything else before we wrap it up? Yeah, I think I'm good. Cool.